Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Freedom of Species brings animal advocacy to the airwaves. It's a radio program dedicated to raising awareness of issues concerning animals. This includes advocacy, activism, protection, conservation and importantly, appreciation. The show is broadcast from 3CR Studios in Melbourne on 855am. Thanks to Sally for another great show of Out of the Pan and yeah, really good points on the importance of opposing uh, discrimination and defamation based on uh, gender identity, for example. So make sure you check out Out of the Pan every week, 12 to 1 on Sunday. And today we've got a full studio here. Um, We've got lots of members of Collectively Free and a relatively new activist group that's been set up here in Melbourne. And yeah, we've got uh, Joanne, Trevor and Mitchell from Collectively Free. And so maybe we'll start off with uh, Trevor and yeah, maybe we could each start off with, I guess, what, what kind of led you to Collectively Free? What, what led you to uh, set up this organisation? Why was there, I guess, this missing space within the animal movement here in Melbourne? Yeah. Um, so hi, everyone. I'm Trev. Um, firstly, just a quick acknowledgement that we're on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And we pay respects to their elders, past, present and emerging, and acknowledge that it always was, always will be Aboriginal land that we're on. Um, Collectively Free started basically as a an alternative for what we saw as a gap that a lot of the organisations locally were very single issue focused on animal rights. And through a lot of research and personal development, we've realised that not many things are single issue focused when you boil it down there's a lot of other issues that combine and are linked together and that that was a real need um, locally and on a large scale globally as well so we're just trying to do our local part of i guess the broader move away from single issue campaigning into what we would call um, consistent anti-oppression campaigning enjoy it um yeah so in addition to that i think there were some barriers to getting involved in existing groups and there were opportunities to you know just turn up and hold signs or walk in a march but I I felt that it wasn't really it wasn't giving people real opportunities to be included and also not to you know bring their individual skills and to contribute as much as they could to the movement so sometimes it's better to give up on trying to be part of what's there and just start something new great and mitchell um i guess what attracted me to collectively free as a group was uh what i saw as a balance between the um yeah what i see is constructive and uh defensive aspect so on the constructive side there's, there's definitely a, a focus here on um, building community and, and supporting each other as activists and the, I guess all the you know, challenges that that brings with it. Um, whereas, yeah, the, the more, I guess, uh, traditional approach of, of activism being more defensive, you know, sort of um, opposing the uh, behaviours and systems of oppression that, um, you know, yeah, cause 
such havoc on our lives. So, so, so really, I see within Collectively Free a, a, a balance of both of those elements. Great. And we are also going to talk about later on the show. So um, I guess for a disclaimer, I am part of the Institute for Critical Animal Studies, Oceana, and we are organising, along with Collectively Free, Melbourne, an event coming up, a conference coming up called Liberated Futures. And I think in a way, setting up this new organisation is kind of part of that, of sort of building this future we want and I guess creating the organisations we want to see, I guess, rather than sort of uh, banging our heads against organisations who we don't like mm-hmm. as much, actually creating these futures and new organisation, new forms of activism, etc. So we're going to talk about Liberated Futures. We're also going to talk about um, some of the campaigns Collectively Free have already done and also maybe some in the future as well. Um, but before we get into all that, we're going to play a track. This is uh, one that Joanne has recommended. So um, yeah, the song is Pig in a Blanket by Rudimentary Penny. Anything you want to say about Pino. this song? Pino. Rudimentary oh, Pino. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm not uh, familiar. I'm familiar with the other two bands, but not with this one. But uh, it's in my wheelhouse, but I haven't heard of this band. But uh-huh. yeah, anything you want to say about this track, Joanne? Oh, the two tracks that I chose are just two of my favourite animal liberation tracks. And they come from a long time ago. They're both mid-80s and it's just from a time when you know animal issues animal liberation was not separate from a much bigger I guess rejection of mainstream culture and so back in those days it was actually normal to to be vegan as part of that counterculture and um kind of extending what Mitchell was saying it was very much defensive it was just like we just want to opt out of the mainstream um but along with that there was um a really strong move towards prefiguration and um kind of a DIY ethic that I've kind of carried through since then so it's just kind of really nostalgic for me to hear those tracks from back in those days. Mm. So it'd be a bit of a musical education for some listeners, I'm sure. And uh, I definitely feel the same way that, yeah, definitely I wouldn't be sitting here today. I don't think if it wasn't for punk and hardcore music. And now even things that aren't I do that aren't directly connected to those um, are still kind of based on that sort of uh, ethic that I got from listening uh, to that music. I did want to also say, just on a side note, definitely going to Berlin in Germany, there seems like the, there's that those connections are still going strong. So we go to a vegan restaurant and the stickers in the bathrooms are, you know, anti-fascist, against patriarch, all this kind of thing. So it seems like, you know, vegan restaurants and kind of the vegan movement is very much connected uh, to, to animal liberation and veganism, etc. as well. So I think, yeah, those links probably are still going, but maybe in some places more than others. And I guess Collectively Free is a part of trying to make these links between animal liberation and, and human liberation and environment all seeing all part of the um, yeah part of the puzzle but yeah we'll hear this track and you're listening to freedom of species on 3cr
Red alert. Numbers are needed at the Japurung Heritage Protection Embassy camps immediately. Sacred birthing trees on Japurung country need protecting. Over 50 generations have been born on these sites and the birthing trees themselves are 800 years old. These trees are being protected from the Victorian Labor Party's planned highway extension that is set to destroy this sacred dreaming landscape. The campaign to protect country is led by Japurung traditional owners who are calling on people from all walks of life for support. You can help by joining traditional owners at the camp on Japurung country near Ararat or by donating and putting pressure on Daniel Andrews to protect this sacred land. Visit dwembassy.com for more information and updates. No trees, no treaty. You're listening to Freedom of Species, bringing you animal advocacy on the airwaves of 3CR. And we are joined by uh, three members from Collectively Free Melbourne, a new activist group uh, focusing on animal liberation and, yeah, against all forms of oppression, human oppression as well. And, yeah, maybe we could start off talking about some of the campaigns you've run so far. And I guess also you might want to touch on how they sort of put into practice some of those more philosophical points you made at the start. So... I guess we've done quite a few campaigns. We've been going for about a year now, um, although we didn't start doing campaigns until a few months after we were meeting together. But um, so far we've done a few actions at Monash University. Um, We've also had some actions or presence at Camp Anarchy where we were holding some workshops and also providing uh, vegan lunch for everyone that was there. Uh, We've also been creating some new ongoing campaigns, one which is Animals Against Animal Experimentation. Um, Joe, you know a bit more about the the other ones that we've... Do you want to take over with five? Um, and? Well, we came up with this kind of overarching campaign, um, Fight Institutionalised Violence and Exploitation, because we felt that that really captured everything that we were trying to do. Um, So maybe I'll say a little bit more about the Monash actions. So what we're really interested in doing is moving away from this kind of one-on-one public outreach tactic, which while it has its place, um, doesn't really address things at a systemic level. And I think our group is really interested in thinking through strategies that actually address, you know, these institutions that uphold all the oppressions. And we honestly don't have enough time to try to convert people one by one to being vegan. And even if we're just convincing people to eat, be vegan or eat a plant-based diet, that's one part of really what we need to achieve. So by targeting institutions, we're kind of challenging the systems that uphold all of these um, oppressive behaviours that are happening. And Monash, we also, we would like to do a campaign at the University of Melbourne because these two institutions in Melbourne are just involved in what we would say so much shady shit (laughs) they're you know they might seem like you know really benign institutions that are above reproach and you know kind of hanging out in their ivory towers and and doing good for the world but really they're corporations 
and they rely on money from from businesses and um, funding from the government, which means that they're going to throw away their, those ethics that, you know, despite their progressive greenwashing facade, they're, you know, involved in um, military, they're you know, actually destroying the environment at the same time as claiming to, you know, be sustainable. So, for example, um, Monash and Melbourne Uni are sponsoring the IMARC conference, which we'll talk about a bit later. Um, but also animal experiments. There's like, you know, so many animals being experimented on in these institutions and really no meaningful moves away from doing that. So if we don't target those institutions, then we're going to see very little change and mm. definitely much too slow. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a key point, the urgency, um, particularly with the climate catastrophe that we're facing. Mm -hmm. I guess just that, you know, that the social... Um, realities that that we're in as you know equalities or inequalities grow and you know around the world seeing more you know more of a shift towards sort of outright fascism in in, in governments yeah just a general shift to you know authoritarian uh, governments authoritarian structures coming in so yeah there's, there's definitely a sense of urgency I think to what's needed. And, and last show we had Megan Street and we were talking about, I guess, environmental vegan activism or environmental um, activism from animal advocates and the way we can maybe frame things in a more systemic level, mm -hmm. like let's have plant-based agriculture by 2030 or, you know, these kind of things like shifting away just transitions for workers and industries and those kind of things, like framing it maybe similar to the environment is framing things around fossil fuels, for example, and coal. Mm -hmm. uh, is that something that Collectively Free has been involved in these kind of climate rallies or not not at this point we haven't really been officially involved or collaborated mm. but mm. we we have a, a huge interest mm. um, like environment is obviously one of those multifaceted issues that mm. are all encompassing of a lot of what we're we're trying to address with consistent anti-oppression mm. um i mean we we have been present like members of us are involved in all of these organizations as well mm -hmm. um so we we do keep keep involved and keep active in those areas but i think as collectively free we try to i guess fill the gaps that aren't really being that, that might be being neglected by other groups mm. so that's sort of where we might see our our focus mm -hmm. yeah and joanne you mentioned the military for universities i was wondering how the universities are involved in military is that from funding from arms companies and that kind of thing like how, how it, what's the link there with military and universities? Uh, yeah so they're getting funding from is Lockheed Martin. That would be one. the University of Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah, mm. so one of the world's biggest arms manufacturers. Mm -hmm. And so they are involved in doing research into weapons and supporting military. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you want to make connections, then if you're concerned about the environment, then we need to end militarisation because that's actually where most of the world's emissions come from anyway. Mm. So we have to start looking a bit deeper than, you know, um, people should stop driving cars. I mean, they definitely should, but we need to be looking at these systems that make it so individual change just 
is never going to be enough and until we essentially end capitalism. Mm. Yeah. And, and Joanne, you mentioned that the um, animal experimentation hasn't been a big focus on the movement and definitely I know from people who have been in the movement a long time that, you know, back in the 80s and so like animal experimentation, I believe fur was a big focus at that time as well. But, um, yeah, and you mentioned from being in hardcore scene in your 80s and stuff like that. And so is that kind of a, ch- a change you've seen a shift away from a focus on an- animal experimentation over, th- over the decades? Definitely. Mm. Um, it used to be really at the fore and so all of those punk bands that were singing about animal rights issues tended to focus on animal experimentation and you know with all the graphic imagery that goes along with that and yeah it's interesting because people like I mentioned it was just really the default was to be vegan um, or at least vegetarian but it wasn't something that was really addressed in any other way and certainly we weren't going out and trying to convert people I'd say probably Mm. the opposite but yeah animal experiments was um, really probably the main focus that at least from what I was exposed to and um, it does seem to have disappeared and it's a it's a really tricky one because if you start trying to argue from like a scientific p- perspective in terms of, you know, whether it, it's valid or, you know, the efficacy of it, you can really end up in territory that you probably are not qualified to be addressing. But, you know, we see it as from an anti-speciesist perspective. And I think there has been just such a focus on lifestyle veganism and consumer veganism and there are you know they may not make up the biggest numbers but those animals in labs you know it's it's just getting worse and it's very hidden and I think that it's something that really needs to be addressed. I was going to say just following on from that like Joe mentioned it a little bit but um, maybe that animal experimentation isn't completely neglected in other groups' advocacy or campaigns, but it tends to focus, as mm-hmm. Joe said, on not on a rights issue, but it focuses on the effectiveness or the scientific credibility of it. Mm-hmm. And they'll try and say that we shouldn't do animal experimentation because it doesn't work or because it isn't effective, whereas that completely invalidates the animal rights perspective from it because yeah. even if it was completely effective and... There have been times in the past where, unfortunately, animal experiments have helped to advance medicine. That is completely irrelevant to the fact that they are non-consenting individuals that do not, as, as a rights-based approach, we, we should not be saying that it hinges on how effective it is, mm. whether we can torture or, or kill people only if it's effective. Mm. Or if it's not effective, then we can't do it. So I guess mm. we saw it as not just that the issue was neglected, but maybe that the messaging was also... Mm. Not ne- neglected, but yeah, there were there were parts of the messaging that were neglected and that we think needed to be reframed in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, there there is a really good organisation, Humane Research Australia, and they're the ones who can provide all the information, you know, about the scientific validity. And I think it's much better to leave that to them. Mm. And they are they have been involved in lobbying for I don't know how long. 
years and making very slow progress. So we see what we're doing as, I guess, complementary to the approach that they're taking. Mm. Yeah, I definitely agree. It is an important space, but it's probably not a space that, you know, maybe the four of us might, may not be the best to speaking that. Mm. Um, and definitely there are people, as you mentioned, Humane Research Australia. Um, Andrew Knight is another one who is a, is a vet and kind of is aware of the science and, and speaks on that topic. So I think it is important. But I have heard a, a vegan scientist talk about, um, yeah, I guess like like Trevor said, like there, are, there have been some scientific gains from animal experimentations, but, you know, she argues as you say from a rights perspective that that's where we're strongest in terms of animal advocates who don't have that science background that's where we can make the, the strongest uh, case and do you want to talk a bit about your yeah recent campaigning against experimentation and um, yeah reactions and yeah, how the campaign went uh, so we we identified the National Health and Medical Research Council as being um, one of the main, if not the main player in providing funding. So they're a government organization and they, so universities, researchers really depend on funding from the NHMRC. And I, I work at a university and they're always like super proud about whenever, you know, a researcher gets funding. Um, and it is a lot of money. It's really big business. So if... Well, I was going to say the current flowchart, if you want to explain, I think it's they get funding from the government and they decide who gets that funding right. um, with grants, but universities and other researchers will make applications for grants and then they will decide who gets those grants. And at the moment, they use animal experiments as a, a high indicator that, and, that a, a proposed research is worthwhile funding. And so we're trying to change that sort of prerequisite mindset that that's needed for for a grant to be approved or for a grant to be considered. Yeah, well, there are lots of barriers to um, researchers who want to use different methodologies. And um, it's actually, it's very difficult um, at the moment for them to get grants based on other types of methodology that don't use animals. Mm. And so really the NHMRC needs to put aside funding towards um, creating these replacement technologies. I mean, they're being used already and there are organisations in other countries that are dedicated to this. And there's great progress being made, but in Australia they've just been slow adopters um, so the NHMRC really needs to allocate funding towards furthering that research, but also providing funding to existing researchers when mm. they, you know, propose um, any kind of research that doesn't include animals. And at the moment, that's not happening. So they're really creating a barrier mm. to um, moving away from animal experiments. Mm. Yeah, and Collectively Free Melbourne is a fairly new group, so maybe we could move on to talking about some of the campaigns you've got or what you've got planned coming up and also if there was anything I missed before in terms of yeah, campaigns you have done that you want to mention, feel free to add it in here as well. But what are the plans coming up over the next day, year or so? Where, where are you planning to go in terms of your actions? 
um, well, I guess as part of the uh, Animals Against Animal Experimentation um, campaign, which, uh, as uh, Joe was saying, focuses on um, NHMRC as a focal point for grant allocation. Um, I guess that's an umbrella for a variety of actions that we've got coming up. That um, there is a um, an action like there's an HMRC conference that's going to be coming up uh, in, in a couple of months. Um, got to work out exactly the form that uh, yeah that that'll take there, but that's uh, one opportunity. Um, but it, I guess yeah, that's the that campaigns the um, the umbrella for um, the actions uh, that that we have there. Yeah, we've got ideas to, I guess, expand the targets as well. NHMRC are the main target at the moment, but um, obviously there are the universities that we can be targeting as the other side of those grants. There's also other institutions like Walter and Eliza Hall, um, and we're also potentially looking at going to NHMRC in Canberra, where their head office is. Mm. Um, they do have an office in Melbourne, which is in so-called Melbourne, which is where we have been so far. Um other parts of that campaign are going to be looking at potentially targeting the government itself or individual politicians or sitting members that can make decisions. Um, so I think we're, we're loosely trying to, instead of do individual actions that are standalone, we're trying to work out how we can build a framework of ongoing campaigns so that multiple actions can, can actually build on top of each other and cause more of a sustained pressure. So not just for one particular target, but also multiple targets that are part of the same decision-making process overall. Mm -hmm. So that, that's all what the Animals Against Animal Experimentation is loosely looking like in the future. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess part of the thinking behind it is that we can see that trust in systems is, you know, eroding. And I think it presents an opportunity for people to start questioning you know, all of these things we take for granted or all of these things that we just accept as being normal. So delegitimizing these um, institutions, I think, is really important and getting people to think more critically about, I guess, the society that we live in. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I was curious with this. Um, yeah, again, we've, we've spoken a bit about the shift kind of from issues like animal experimentation towards more of an individual vegan kind of approach in mm -hmm. the movement. And one person I find quite interesting in this regard is Roger Yates, who's been an animal activist for decades and decades. And he was actually arrested with Animal Liberation Front activity, uh, spent time in jail, uh, and actually is now very much focused on vegan outreach. Um, so he, I guess he views that more as a positive kind of shift. And one thing I've heard him say is that I guess these kind of actions that target uh, animal experiment, or not necessarily target, but um, are sort of confronting um, people dealing with animal experimentation, is like he was saying, like they've got a financial motive, I guess, behind it. And mm. so it's like he was sort of saying, these are kind of people who are most entrenched in speciesism. So he'd rather kind of speak to the general public who aren't as, as invested. So, yeah, I'm just wondering what, what it kind of has been the responses like when you have sort of targeted these institutions who are very much uh, maybe not just sort of. Um, I guess like a lot of us, uh, a lot of people are sort of culturally invested in animal exploitation just through, you know, practice and habit and, and convenience and all those kind of things, but people are maybe more directly embedded. I wonder what, what have the responses been like when you've kind of, yeah, yeah, you've been protesting outside these institutions with people who are, I guess, sort of have that 
financial interest in animal experimentation. It was actually surprisingly good from the public mm. response. Mm -hmm. um, I guess, yeah, like to sort of correctly like frame what you're saying, we're not expecting positive responses from NHMRC or politicians, mm -hmm. but we're targeting them to try and get public support for our campaign against them so mm -hmm. that they will buckle, like they will be the last people to change their mind, as you correctly say, mm. because they have those financial investments in that. But um, the public nearby, so in the building on, was it Lonsdale Street, Latrobe Street? Latrobe I should get Street. The, Latrobe Street. Yeah. Um, down near Flagstaff Station is where we went to the NHMRC office. And um, everyone that was there while we had the signs out and we were protesting at the entrance, they there was... I think one negative comment, which was oh, completely. What about Ebola? Was yeah, like... something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but but the overwhelming responses from people were thumbs up. You're doing a good job. Thanks for being here. People that hadn't really seen protests at that location or that side of the city very often, I think, and they. Mm. Well, that's our goal, anyway, is to try mm. and put this in people's faces and say it's not just the typical advocacy styles that people have been used to there's mm. other ways that you can open people's minds to what's happening mm. and people weren't aware maybe that that was happening in their building or they were and they wanted someone to speak out about it they don't want to be the first person to speak up mm. so yeah, yeah. yeah and they, go ahead so i think um also just you know referring to experts they you know it has been recommended that kind of targeting university students is really important too because once you're in that um, field at a university you're really taught that you just have to accept this as how research is done mm. and to be you know a good scientist or researcher you need to take your emotion out of it and be desensitized to what happens to animals. So, I mean, we need to be changing the whole culture where there isn't, there is no longer a requirement to engage in that. And there are um, conscientious, conscientious objection um, groups at some universities, but from the research I've done, there's still a lot of pressure mm. on university students to um, to not question it. And I think you've heard um, Sai Woon speak about mm -hmm. when she was studying veterinary science and, you know, the pressure to just, you know, watch animals being killed in a very, you know, detached way is, it's just outrageous that that's expected from students. So if we can, mm -hmm. you know, get it to flow on to change the university culture where there are these replacements being taught and you know expanded upon i think that can make a really big difference but i mean there's a really big system there are so many financial interests that are propping up this this um animal research and you know even breeding the animals is like a huge business and all of the equipment that's um that's um created to you know, restrain and essentially torture animals is another really big business. Mm. So, yeah, there are just so many facets that make it very difficult to change, but also very important to mm. try to try to change. 
Yeah. And, and I think, uh, yeah, a common theme has been, I guess, not necessarily moving away from vegan outreach, but maybe moving away from that as kind of the only tactic within mm. the movement. It's interesting yeah. you're saying there was positive receptions. Maybe some of those same people may not have been receptive to a vegan message or maybe yeah. I already know that and we're not on board or whatever. But in a way, that could be a way into broader issues, thinking about veganism, et cetera, maybe by connecting to that uh, harm caused to animals in animal experimentation as well. So, yeah, it's sort of a, a different way in and, and maybe something that will appeal to, to different people who might not be as convinced by a vegan message, at least initially anyway. Um, so maybe if we finish up this section and then we'll um, take another track, but how can people get involved with Collectively Free with their campaign against animal experimentation and, and just generally? Well, the, the, the Facebook page be the, the best point of contact, I guess. Uh, um, so, well, there's a Collectively Free Melbourne Facebook page. Um, there's also, if you search for Animals Against Animal Experiments, uh, there's another page there. And, yeah, if you're interested in getting involved, um, uh, put in a join request. You know, it'd be a, be a, a way of getting in contact with, with us there. Or just message, message through the pages. Mm-hmm. Great. And yeah, I've shared that as well on the Freedom of Species page as well. So if you check out our recent posts on Facebook and Twitter, there's a link to the Collectively Free Facebook page. And I'm sure from there, people can follow the links to that um, campaign, Animals Against Animal Experimentation as well. So we're going to talk about the Liberated Futures Conference, which again is organised by Collectively Free Melbourne and the Institute for Critical Animal Studies, Oceana. So we'll talk about this after a song and some other events coming up, etc. Uh, but first of all, we're going to go to a track. Uh, this is the ALF by Conflict. Anything you want to add about this one, Joanne? No, I, I think it's just very inspiring and it kind of shows that people were thinking in a, you know, loosely um, consistent anti-oppression way. You know, it's not a new thing. It's been there for ages, but maybe just not very well articulated. What does Starlight's action mean? It means that you are no longer prepared to sit back and allow terrible cruel things to happen. The cameraman and Ethiopia took direct action. He's been the worst disaster that has ever happened to human beings. He realised it was too enormous a problem to handle himself, so he took the forms home and hoped that other people would help. They did. Are you prepared to sit back any longer? Direct action on animal rights means causing economic damage to those who abuse and make profits from exploitation. Start. Jews, and a front to our freedom. 
From October the 28th to the 31st, some of the worst climate criminals will be gathering for the International Mining Conference, IMARC, at the Melbourne Convention Centre. Blockade IMARC is an activist alliance committed to putting a stop to the mass destruction caused by extractive industries across the globe and the harm they cause to communities and ecosystems. We need your help to be part of this blockade. Find out how at blockadeimark.com or check out our Facebook page, Blockade IMARC, a 3CR supporter. This is David Rovix, and you are tuned to 3CR, 8.55 a.m., Melbourne, Australia. Step three is finding there's a tactic when everyone believes it could be true. That if all the people work collectively, there just might be something we can do, and everything can change. You're listening to Freedom of Species on the airwaves of 3CR Community Radio, 8.55 a.m., and we are joined live in the studio by a, a yeah a bunch of representatives from Collectively Free Melbourne. And we wanted to start off, uh, yeah, maybe just clarifying. So there is another organisation, Collectively Free, which we'll talk about and also talking a bit about, yeah, more about getting involved with Collectively Free Melbourne. So, yeah. Yeah, it was just to clarify that, um, like, Collectively Free have chapters all over the world. Um, most are in America at the moment, but... Um, just to, so people are aware that if they message the general collectively free Facebook, they're probably not going to get in touch with us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, ours is currently collectively free Melbourne, um, but we are looking to hopefully change the name to be collectively free Kulin Nations or collectively free Nam or Biruranga. But we are aware that those um, First Nations names are a little bit debatable at this stage because of different groups and different um, peoples that have different names for the area that we live in. So mm. we, uh, yeah, we just want to make sure that we, we get it right and wait for those communities to reach an agreement before we, we choose the right or wrong name. <laughs> yeah, sure. And do you want to talk a bit about um, for people who want to get involved with Collectively Free, I guess the sort of uh, where people, I guess, should be coming from if they do want to get involved? And that should be fairly clear from the discussion, but just to spell it out, I guess. Yeah, well, we, we have fortnightly meetings at the moment. So um, if people get in touch with us, we, we're obviously looking for anyone who shares the similar anti-capitalist ideology and who also shares with our view of consistent anti-oppression. If people aren't aware of that, there's a website called Consistent Anti-Oppression and that just basically details how all of the different, um, I guess, vertices of oppression are important and must be acknowledged together, uh, not just individually. So basically a a movement against single issue campaigning and um, we obviously ask that everyone that gets involved to agree to that and to also agree to our safer spaces policy uh, which is from the collectively free I guess global website Um, they're pretty pretty standard from other anarchist and radical left spaces but um, they're not as common in some animal advocacy groups so I think that um, learning what we can from those other organizations and other movements is important and so we're going to talk a little bit about the liberated futures conference coming up again organized by collectively free melbourne as well as institute for critical animal studies oceana icas oceana 
And maybe before we get into the specific details of the conference, maybe we could talk, and we touched on this a little bit already, but talk a bit about the importance of this idea of like planning for a better future, I guess, in a way, not just talking about what we're anti, but also, I guess, what we're pro, I guess, is sort of the, mm. the thing. We're not just anti-capitalist, anti-war, anti-this, anti-that, but also what are we for? But yeah, anything anyone say about that, the importance of this theme and this, this conference? Oh, absolutely. I mean... That, yeah, the the reason that we do what we do is because we have a a vision of you know an, another vision of how we would like things to be. So if, if we're constantly focusing on the, um, I guess opposing what we don't want, we're not putting that energy into building what we do want. So so the whole focus on I guess that constructive focus on ensuring that we're you know complementing the. Um, that the the energy I guess that that we put into um, building something uh, that 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 more um, aligns with with how we'd like things to be is is just so crucial. I, I mean, it, it's crucial not only from the point of view of um, I, I guess the lived experience that that we have of living within something that is um, you know that we find more amenable, but um, in this context where so much of uh, you know. Of, of what is there is in opposition to that. It's also a um, an example of, of how things can be to, to people. I mean, part of the problem is not being able to see an alternative, you know, not being able mm. to see that other ways of being are, are possible. So by investing energy into um, creating a more constructive, um, collaborative way of existence, then, you know, it pays off not only for ourselves, but also, you know, for hope for the future. Mm. And you want to add to that, Joanne or Trevor? Um, yeah, I I personally think it's essential because you know things are deteriorating extreme extremely rapidly, and I think if we don't create something positive that people can be involved with and feel supported by, then you know, this the problem with activist burnout is just going to get much worse. And, I mean, something I'm concerned about too is that when people start to struggle just for their own survival, then all of these issues that affect other marginalised groups, whether they be human or not human, are just going to start to seem... Um, peripheral and I think it's so important that we see you know all life as part of a community and that we're in it together and that we don't create hierarchies around what's important and you know prioritize our own immediate survival over everyone else's and I think if we don't start building those structures that enable that to happen then it's going to be a very very grim future for everybody mm. i think you're right the default sort of powers that be like whether it's our two-party politics or whatever it may be they try to play off issues against one another like it's one or the other you know you either have that money that goes towards homeless or you have that money that goes towards pensioners or the elderly you know you have to choose so i think we have to try and be proactive in framing that we we want to reject this you know either or and we want to say we want everything to be consistent with our ideology and our and our beliefs and our values and so that 
because you're right once once it gets to crunch time which is going to be fairly soon because mm. things are getting so urgent with a lot of changes just looming on the horizon that that's going to be the default that the powers that currently are in place are going to try and play off mm. you know what's more important to you yeah well that's right we respond to situations according to what you know patterns of behavior that we're accustomed to and when we're living in a um a context that has um like I guess th th those sort of ways of, of being where that serve the interests of, you know, another group of people, then our, our responses aren't going to be appropriate. So unless we start actually building um, behaviours and habits that are more collaborative and uh, cooperative, mm. um, we're not going to have the skills we need to respond effectively yeah and on this topic i'd really recommend the book um no is not enough by naomi klein who's a journalist i spoke about mm. last episode and she talked about the way in a lot of these movements have kind of been segmented and just focused on their individual cause and not making those links and she argued that generally when these coalitions come together it's to oppose something so it's like these mm -hmm. call it let's come together and oppose this war this trade agreement donald trump whatever it might be mm. um but there's not enough of this like more constructive of, of obviously we need to do all those things as well but of, of coming together but not necessarily to pose something but to create something and i guess that's what mm. yeah this conference is all about and as we've touched on throughout this uh, discussion like in a broad sense of liberated futures for non-human animals but also humans and the environment so a very broad focus on on yeah animal liberation as part of the puzzle but not the only important issue so yeah i guess for those coming along to the conference um what can they expect you want to talk a bit about yeah what the conference will involve uh well we Envision it as being some presentations and workshops, but not not relying on, you know, the usual academic speakers, but anyone who feels they have something to contribute. Um, I see it as like just a forum for sharing ideas and, but also then moving it past the end of the conference into creating something new. So often we go to conferences and we feel all inspired and ready to, you know, smash the system and then we just go home by ourselves and go back to what we we're doing. So I think that that's a crucial part of it, that we, you know, carry it forward past the conference. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, making those connections. And yeah, as you mentioned, we'll be very interactive. So there will be some talks with obviously space for questions and answers afterwards. There'll also be a yeah, big focus on more panel discussions and workshops. So yeah, mm -hmm. if you come along, you don't just have to listen to academics like me speak. Um, you can listen to <laughs> yeah, wide range of yeah activists, uh, academics and scholar activists and yeah, wide range of different people who, who will be interested in speaking at this. But yeah, there'll be plenty of time for you, even if you don't formally have a talk or a workshop, whatever, to join in these discussions it won't just be listening to others speak so yeah wide range of things so yeah if you do have any um if you do have you know maybe a talk you'd like to give or a workshop you'd like to run or a panel discussion which kind of fits this theme that we've mentioned then yeah you can find all the details at liberated futures on facebook just search liberated futures and you can also i've again shared that on the freedom of species social media as well so you can find it there it is 30th to november first to, to the first of december saturday and a sunday in melbourne it's in uh, docklands uh library at the dock and so you can find whether you're wanting to speak or or attend you can yeah find all the details at the yeah, liberated futures event page and yeah um i know joanne you're also keen to mention the animal activist forum 
Can I just clarify? Mm-hmm. I don't have anything against academics. Oh, no, no. no, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I, I get, yeah, yeah. Sometimes yeah. they're just the only ones given a platform. That's yeah. kind of yeah. what and, I meant. And it's definitely something that at, at ICAS conferences, we've been, I think we have successfully to a degree moved away from. So the very first conference, which was in 2013, I think, I think a lot of activists came along to learn stuff from the presentations, but didn't feel comfortable speaking. Um, but then from every year onwards, hopefully it was kind of a space where they felt like what they would you know, have to say would be listened to, even though they're not an academic and yeah ever since then we've had a sort of that mix of academics mm-hmm. and activists so yeah again if you are an academic you can speak and if you're not you can as well but yeah if anyone has got something yeah something to contribute to the idea of building better futures building more liberatory futures uh, but animal activist forum yeah so some of us from collectively free melbourne are presenting um trev and i are doing a more like an interactive style presentation on language and messaging. Mm-hmm. Um, Beth is doing one on, uh, what's the title? Uh, How it's, to, it's across other movements. I can't yeah, remember exactly what the title is. Building yeah. Bridges yeah. Between Movements, mm. something along those lines. Yeah. Mm. Um, and Ollie is doing one on... Is it like non-hierarchical kind of organisations? And yeah, organizing I think, yeah, yeah, decision-making yeah. and organising, um, which I'm sure will be amazing. So, yeah, and Nick's presenting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I'll be talking, <laughs> similar to what we're talking about today, so I'll be, yeah, I'm a sociologist, so kind of be sociological. The question is, who is to blame for harm to animals? And I guess similar to what we're talking about today, I'm going to say it's not just individuals choosing the wrong thing. We need to look at institutions, economic systems, all these kind of things. So looking at beyond the individual and how we can incorporate some of that into our messaging in, in our act, animal activism, yeah. Mm. So that's what I'll be talking about. So lots and lots, yeah, Melbourne, 19th to 20th of October, lots of speakers, lots of speakers who have been on this show before. Uh, you can find all the information at activistforum.com, so you can come along to that um, for all animal activists. And I'll give a quick plug for an event, and then we'll go to Blockade IMARC after this as well. Um, but just quickly, um, yeah, we've covered on this show quite a bit the issue of dingoes and dingo protection. So I wanted to mention uh, the event Halloween at Dingo Den by Dingo Den Animal Rescue. We're based in Penrith in Sydney. And that event is Saturday the 26th, 26th of October from 7 till 10 p.m. And it's their Dingo Den uh, Animal Rescue's how, um, 2019 fundraiser. Um, so, yeah, basically it'd be a Halloween theme, um, drinks, uh, food, and um, you can dress in a Halloween costume, etc. You can find all the information about that at dingoden.com net and yeah i wanted to yeah hand it over to three of you to yeah just briefly talk about the blockade imark before we finish up um yeah blockade imark is a really really important event so imark is international mining and resource conference which is happening here um 28th to the third I'm not sure, but you can, I don't know. You can listen it's back to all the, the information <laughs> is is like in the community announcement. Available. If you listen back yeah. in the podcast, you can hear it there. But yeah, but yeah. I mean, that's such an important conference to shut down. I mean, it brings together all of these evil actors who are, you know, essentially pillaging the planet for resources that are largely not necessary and. No stealing land from indigenous peoples. And, you know, if if you're only concerned about animals, then that's their environment as well that's being destroyed. 
So I think as animal activists, we should be really um, supporting these other struggles and that's something that I would encourage people to get involved in. Mm. Yeah, and, and I think even at the recent climate march, there were a lot of those connections made in terms of yeah mining developments, for example, that are harming the environment and also you know harming Indigenous people, affecting sacred sites and all these kind of issues. So there's lots of connections, and as you say, there's another connection we could make as well that it harms the environment, but it's not just our environment, so we can continue living, but it's also the environment of countless other species as well. So, yeah, you can listen into our show. Go ahead, Trevor. Yeah. I was going to say for yeah. other events as well, awesome. um, a really good resource if people are interested in keeping up to date with a lot of what's happening in so-called Melbourne is a Facebook page called Approaching Critical. Um, they do also promote a lot of animal rights events as well as lots of other events across human rights, environment issues um, and lots of important issues. Um, but just to let people know of other events that are coming up, if you are interested in getting more active and involved, um, there is still help needed at the Jaburung Embassy up near so-called Ararat. Um, they have ag agreed to a compromise with the future construction of the highway development, but they are still calling for help from now until at least November, which is when there's going to be a decision made in court for some of the finer details of the case. So if you do have time, even if you've never been up there yet, um, go up. It's a great place to go to camp up there and um, bring a tent and supplies if you can and um, stay up there for a few days whenever you can and just be a presence and help listen from our First Nations people there. Um, another event that is coming up is the National Day to Shut Down Border Force and that's going to be a Friday. I'm just bringing it up now. Sorry to not have it right in front of me, but it's going to be a full day event um, nationally that um, I think it's Whistleblowers, Activists and Community Alliance have encouraged everyone around so-called Australia to be getting active and try and shut down border force or their local um, government offices that are the next best thing if you don't have a border force or home affairs um, you know, office nearby. But um, that'll be October the 11th, which is a Friday. So have a look at the Facebook event and try and get any groups that you're involved with to try and shut down border force. Yeah, and I believe Approaching Critical is also on Twitter as well for those who are Twitter people. I think I think, I think think it's just at Approaching Critical. I'm sure if you search Approaching Critical on Twitter, you can find uh, all of that info there as well. And, yeah, so you can find all the information about our show at freedomofspecies.org. You can also look us up on iTunes, feedback, info at freedomofspecies.org, as well as on social media. Stay tuned for Encyclopedia. lots of really interesting discussions around the topic of drug use, drug policy, and, um, yeah, all those kind of related issues. So make sure you stay tuned for that. And we're going to finish up with a track that Mitchell has ch uh, chosen, which is Crass Don't Get Caught. Anything you want to say about this track, Mitchell? I guess what specifically uh, brought this one to mind was um, with the momentum that's building with Extinction Rebellion and their unfortunate relationship with um, yeah the, the the police and how willingly they're prepared to um, you know uh, I guess use intentional arrest as a as a strategy. I'm, I'm just really really concerned about about that, that approach. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I think it. it it, it, it comes out of a basic lack of understanding of the role that police play in, you know, upholding um, as enforcers of the systems that are <laughs> causing so much <laughs> devastation in communities. Yeah. But um, so, so, yeah, this this is a recognition and, a, and an appeal to people who are getting involved in Extinction Rebellion to 
review where things are. Yeah, and I guess the opposite message with don't get caught in as opposed to the voluntary arrest. But um, yeah, thanks so much for joining me, all of you. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Thanks. And we'll we hopefully see you at the Liberated Futures Conference and hopefully people get involved with Collectively Free Melbourne. to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.